Hey y'all, welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Jam Pack 3 part program today here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, we'll start off though with Josh Ward, uh, Josh and Swain uh, here locally in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, great radio show with uh, former ball uh, Mr. Swain and Josh Ward, who you've uh, seen for all my local Knoxvillians on Sports Source on Sunday mornings. A great program that everyone should check out as well. If they have not already done so, um, Josh was great. We talked all things Tennessee Vols, uh, his career, uh, radio, and uh, this summer, ball recruiting, um, Carnell Tate, uh, Florida game, pick game, uh, a lot of fun stuff. All things Tennessee with Josh to kick things off. I thought we'd start uh, with tennessee and uh where things are headed uh over the next couple months and recruiting where everybody's got their eyeballs on what's happening uh with this 2023 class led by nico yeah maliava and uh company so all that and more with josh ward uh it was a lot of fun getting to talk with him and uh talk all things tennessee vault so we start off there uh here in part one of the tuesday june 21st 2022 edition here on the chase most podcast on the blue wire pod network uh don't forget folks you can check this out on youtube youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast all kinds of great video content full episodes clips all that good stuff over there so make sure you like and subscribe to the youtube channel uh tweet at me at chase double underscore thomas like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh read me wrote about colquitt and valdosta who played a crazy crazy game in uh 2021 and wrote about uh the colquitt valdosta high school game and why it was crazy what i saw some scheme stuff that was being run some crazy play on both sides crazy officiating but just a lot of fun there so that was that was great so you can read that and all my sports writing over at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com just type your email and get uh all that directly to your inbox every day sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com com uh all right part one here on the program starts now with josh ward uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to the chase thomas podcast taping this late on a tuesday no it's not it's not my favorite sunday morning thing when i've got my coffee and i am turning on the tv to a local station to see what is going on uh, with Tennessee media? Yeah, there's this, there's this television program that I was introduced to when I moved up here for grad school a couple years ago that I first saw Josh Ward on, and it's Sports Source. And then from then on out, I was like, I've got to get him on this podcast, and i got to see how weird it feels to see this guy who's been on my television screen a lot <laughs> for the last couple of years on this podcast here. So, Josh, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be on with you. Uh, most people's reaction when they see me on the Sports Source or anywhere on TV is, yeah. well, it makes sense he's, why he's on radio. Uh, when, mm. when you see, I have the radio face. My face is, my joke is how I got into radio, not uh, not television. But Sports Source is a lot of fun to do too and great to be with you. What's the difference between doing radio? I guess what's the biggest difference between doing Sports Source and uh, doing radio? Do you prepare differently? What is What are some of the biggest differences? Well, the cool thing about the Sports Source is, that show has been on for 20 years and John yeah. Pennington has run it and is terrific at producing and planning and being creative with topics. And and sometimes it's topics that we have covered or will covered on the radio. The mm. show though is, is 90 minutes and yeah. 90 minutes flies and we cover a lot in that hour and a half. And it's a lot of fun radio uh, with my show, at least it's three hours every day. So it's mm. 15 hours a week. 
that we're covering. And uh, that, that creates more time, more long form conversation, like in the podcast world as well. So TV just, it moves quickly. And with John Pennington running the show, it, it moves quickly and efficiently. Did you have to adjust it all? Was Do you look, go back ever and like look at your first appearance on TV and you're like, oh man, I've come a long way or I, I like you have to get adjusted to it because I don't know for me in like podcasts when I go back and listen to stuff I was doing years ago and it's just completely, it's almost like listening to a different person altogether. Well, I am one of those people. I hate listening to my voice, and okay. uh, and you know, some listeners are probably like, "Hey, join the club, Josh." Yeah, we we hate listening to it too. But uh, <laughs> oh, but no, so, but like that's everybody, right? Yeah, I think I mean, it's kind of weird if you like the sound yeah. of your own voice and you can listen back to your stuff and not cringe. Sure, but I do try to go back and analyze. I do that with radio and and TV. Was mm-hmm. was I too long winded here? I mean, that that's something that I do have to adjust for. Is like I mentioned with radio, yeah. we have so much time to. Uh, to carry out a conversation and with TV, especially with the format that we have on the sports source, John's mm-hmm. hosting and there are several panelists there. So everybody needs or deserves their time. So mm-hmm. I can't go on and on and on kind of like I am right now. Uh, radio, we can do that and we can come back to it. You know, we, mm-hmm. with a three hour radio show, some people may listen to an entire show, but a lot of people don't. So, right. you know, a lot of people, their commute, if they're listening in their car, which is most common, they might have eight to 12 minutes, 12 to 20 minutes, somewhere in that range. So they will catch part of our conversation. And a lot of people, when they're tuning in, if we're talking about something we talked about earlier, you have to reintroduce. So mm-hmm. r- radio is is much more repetitive because you have different audiences with the TV show. A lot of the audience, I think, early on is going to be there late. And we're also moving from one topic to the next most of the time. I'm curious if you're like me in this regard where, I mean, I do a lot of these every day and I spend a lot of time with sports and writing and researching and podcasting and hosting and reaching out to folks. Uh, But I come in the podcast that like I am I'm the antithesis of somebody you want to meet at a sports bar because I have no interest in talking about sports with Mm -hmm. anyone else. Once my day is wrapped up here, Uh, like you're the last person I'll talk sports with uh, this evening. Josh, are you like that at all? Do you get like when you're out Do a lot of folks in front of yours, like want to talk and pick your brain about Tennessee and you're like, man, you got to listen to the radio program, tune into sports source (laughs) on Sunday morning because I'm I'm out of it. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's a good idea. I I should recommend, Hey, why don't you just pull up, the yeah. podcast app because you can you can download the show and go right. back and listen that way we get more subscribers and all that that's exactly that's probably, that's probably the better move but no i don't i don't one i don't mind it at all like mm-hmm. if, you know if i'm meeting someone or whatever the case or someone i know really well either way and they want to talk about what's going on with tennessee uh perfectly fine you know that that's why i'm able to do a show every day and that's why my station is able to be local from 6 a.m to 7 p.m and sometimes beyond those hours and during the weekends because we have we're in a place where there are so many passionate people about what's going on with Tennessee or just like sports in general. So no, I'm happy to. Now, if you ask my wife, sometimes (laughs) if we're at a a party or an event and Mm. she sees that somebody's wanted to talk sports with me for 20, 30 minutes and she's like, I got to go grab him because Mm. I'm ready to move along with our evening. So uh, my answer and my wife's answer could be two different answers. Is your wife a sports person or no? No, she's not. She's a University mm-hmm. of Tennessee graduate and, and works at UT. So uh, she she you know she likes following the balls and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But in in terms of like you know really getting in depth with what's going on with sports, not at all. So we are a a funny pair in that regard. Hey, I'm the same way. My fiance not a sports person. Like I like the balance. I don't think I could have ended mm-hmm. up with someone who loves sports um, and like covered it and did like I just don't think it would have worked. I would have been so tired and not wanted to 
like, oh man, this is just like all, this is my entire day. I like being uh, exposed to different things and talking about different stuff with uh, my partner, right? Like that's just more fun for me. Yeah. Now I have tried to get, Kelly is my wife's name. I've tried to get Kelly to come on the show and do like a sports by Kelly where we ask, there you go, you know, pretty basic sports trivia questions to do like a knowledge test or something. And she is never going to do it. So, uh, you know, I, I love my wife and I want her Mm -hmm. to remain my wife. So it's probably best that I I stop pushing for her to do that. Uh, The other thing is, you know, like bracket challenges or something Mm -hmm. like that, or picks against the spread, either her or my kids. I think we might try to do something like that this fall, but that would be more to show how little I know as opposed to a test of her knowledge. It it would really be just a, a way to him embarrass josh if kelly or you know my four-year-old is able to beat me in picks against the spread this fall there you go are you always in the press box or do you do anything as a fan anymore i'm always in the press box at tennessee Mm -hmm. football games when i go uh it's been a while since i've been to neyland stadium and sat in the stands i did Mm -hmm. years ago at um it was i think a south alabama game maybe 2014 or somewhere in that range Mm -hmm. early in the in the butch jones era i went with kelly to a game because we realized we had not been to a Tennessee game together because I had always been in the press box during games, but uh, no, I'm, I'm typically there now. You know, my kids are getting a little bit older, so mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to go to some games with them. So uh, bigger games, I'm probably still going to be there more work capacity, at least in the foreseeable future, but mm-hmm. um, maybe some of those games, you know, like an Akron as an example mm-hmm. on this schedule where it, you know, that, that one's not a, a heavy hitter. I'd like to get there with, wow, shots with my hard family. And ex- yeah, I know. You know, I don't mean to, but mm-hmm. there's a reason Tennessee put it on the schedule too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so, I, yeah, I'd like to experience that more from the family side, fan side uh, with with my kids. It's Owens four and you know Max two and a half. There's no way that he could sit still for even a quarter, <laughs> but uh, you know, at some point he will. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think I'll ever be that person. Like you, Tennessee could ask me, like, oh, media, like I'll never say yes. Like I I love being in with the crowd and being up mm-hmm. close, and like I need to hear other Tennessee fans scream in the back of my ear, like put in Harrison Bailey. Like I need I need yeah. that to really appreciate what being a Tennessee fan is. Yeah, the, and, like, the backup quarterback calls will always be there. Uh, right. I will say that. So I I have gone to Tennessee basketball games. They they have the media area as well, but mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of in the middle of. Yeah, you're okay. So, yeah. uh, this this past season, I went to a game or two with um, with my family. So mm. bigger games, SEC. I was still more there and uh, in a work capacity, but I uh, was able to get to some basketball games. And they have a, a, a bigger schedule, obviously, more mm. games to work with there. But uh, that I was able to do that, and that was cool. The uh, you know Owen at the time, I don't even know that he was four yet, so he's three and a half mm. at the time probably. And uh, he cared. The only thing he cared about was he saw Smokey. You know, so but but for oh, me, we were was, at the same you know, game night because Smokey yeah. was there. Oh, that was the um, was that Tennessee Tech? No, it was someone small like that though. Oh man, who was that? Because I got a picture uh, of school it. from you UN, from uh, North UNC Carolina, Greensboro, maybe? maybe. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very early in the season, and yeah. um, yeah. So you know, he he actually cried and and was <laughs> terrible at getting the picture with Smokey. And then as soon as we walked away, he said, "I saw Smokey and had a great time." But uh, th- those are the memories that just you know matter so much to me. So trying to experience that is is still a big deal. Yeah, and I mean that was the last time we were seeing Smokey because is the new one get is he coming out this fall or are they still like waiting that out? I remember seeing that he's ready to go and he's he has a brother who did not get picked. How do you break the news there? Is it like a bachelor type situation where instead of a rose you give like the 
just the the I don't know what to call that. Not a placemat, but not a jersey. What it like? What do we call that? That you put over Smokey? What is that? That wraps around him? Is it just a the jacket? Or around? Calling... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, what is it actually called? Like I'm my, just thinking about Smokey. It. Knowledge was was that deep, but I, yeah. I will say that being chosen for Smokey mm-hmm. and playing that role is a much bigger deal than any kind of role that comes with the bachelor you're, you're still playing a role don't get me yes. wrong and I, i've watched the show in the past i will mm-hmm. uh freely admit that but yeah bachelor's uh, great yeah yeah but Especially uh paradise uh josh ward he he strikes me as a bachelor in paradise kind of guy so um the the, the issue is like fatigue and mm-hmm. being able to so I, i've i don't watch anymore it's been a couple of years mm-hmm. but uh for several years I, I watched every bachelor season with my wife and uh then the bachelorette season and then I was kind of just out. So mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of a name drop, I guess. But Barrett Salee, CBS Sports, mm-hmm. he's a, he, he had been. I don't even know if he still is a huge Bachelor guy. But he always claimed the Bachelor in Paradise was like the Super Bowl of That's correct. But, he's um, right there, yeah. Yeah, I was just – I think I was too winded. I, I didn't have the <laughs> Yeah, you don't the need actually the Bachelor and so, Bachelorette anymore. Just yeah, do but, Paradise. Yeah, I didn't need an explanation. So maybe that's mm-hmm. how I could get back in is just just watch Paradise and, and skip the, the stuff that's supposed to matter. Well, it's because they're all desperate. It's like all the people who did not win and you just put all these people together that are just have already been on the reality shows. They've been on the circuit. They're kind of there's this desperation and it angst there that you just don't get in the regular ones. I mean, the nothing's like title chasing in sports where you're just it's you're all out and you don't care and you'll bounce Mm -hmm. from team to team. Yes. Similar situation. Exactly. Like you're hanging on by a thread. Um, No, Ultimatum's the jam. Have you watched that on Netflix? I haven't. No, you got to do that. This is the other thing. So, yeah. So I. Yeah, I've mentioned two kids. We have a third that's right. that's very new, that's uh, mm-hmm. three three months old. So carving out time, like we we had to make Ozark happen, so we finished Ozark. Fantastic. Did you like uh, the ending? Uh, I did. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought it was really well done. Loved the series. I I thought they did just the right amount of time. Like another season wouldn't have made any sense. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think it was as close to perfect as you can be in terms of length and. Um, yeah, just uh, no. That's spoilers, one of those shows but, I can't watch with my uh, fiance yeah. because it's all shot in Georgia. And one of mm-hmm. my uh, one of my issues as a viewer of anything is that uh, I'm from Atlanta and Stone Mountain, and I whenever I see like something I know and recognize because so much is shot in Georgia these days, where I'll point at the screen, and I'm like, oh, I've been there, and like yeah. they were shooting something down down the orchard. I'm like, oh, I know where that is, and I would always. She's like, I don't care. I have no concept for what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, that's like Lanier. Oh, that's that. Like it's uh, that's, yeah, that's funny. So my wife's family, we do an annual beach trip to mm-hmm. the Outer Banks, and there's okay. the Netflix show Outer Banks, and I love it. It's uh, mm-hmm. the the whole show is absurd. I find it to be ridiculous, and I I eat up every bit of it. But it's shot mm-hmm. in Charleston. It's not shot in Outer Banks. We yeah. realize that. 30 seconds in so uh lo- we love the show and we love the outer banks but the two have nothing to do with each other yeah there you go um well i would highly encourage you to carve out that time man it's a good break right. like when you don't want to think about uh tennessee football or the raiders or uh yeah I, yeah you need those breaks honestly mm-hmm. uh if sports is is all you do so sca- uh stranger things we're we're still okay. behind on that uh we've been trying to catch up on better call saul so mm-hmm. You know, have you have a queue? We have our own yes. little queue, and we're we're just way behind in it. We have we have too many late night feedings that schedules get off. So I, we'll we'll get back on track at some point. But uh, you know, sleep is also such a big priority. We uh, thirty we we're better with thirty minute shows. If you can get me a thirty minute yeah. show, that's that's better than an hour. Okay. By next time, I'll have a thirty minute show for you. Okay, I'll find good. one. Yeah, that's my homework. Um, what do listeners want to hear you talk about the most at this time? Because it's a slow period with the summer. Tennessee mm-hmm. baseball's wrapped up. I mean, the Vols basketball roster is basically done. We got one more slot. We'll see what happens if there's like a Ziegler type who pops in in August or whatever. But 
um, it's a really, really dead time. And outside of just the occasional Carnell Tate announcement, there's really not a lot to to talk about. What do what have you found that listeners want to talk about or want yeah. to hear y'all talk about right now? Yeah, so I, I think right now is the slowest time. Mm. And uh, so you know, selfishly would have liked to have seen a run to the World Series with Tennessee baseball yeah. because that, that would have been you know really good content because fans ate that up. But because they didn't, that's probably last on the list. I don't think listeners right now are interested in the College World Series because it's mm. a reminder of the pain and the disappointment from just a couple of weeks ago. So uh, a yeah. lot of it's back to Tennessee football. Tennessee football and looking ahead to the upcoming college football season. And within that is recruiting like the Carnell Tate news and okay, what's the latest now with NIL? Like we had a a big NIL period in Mm -hmm. late spring, you know, that April to May period probably. And then baseball kind of took over. So that Mm -hmm. took so much weight. And um, now we're kind of back to, okay, where do things stand? What happened with Carnell Tate? How did Ohio state beat out Tennessee? Mm -hmm. You have some prospects that are coming in town this weekend that really matter for Tennessee in this class. So what Tennessee is literally doing, what the coaches are focusing on for the most part in, in terms of recruiting, we bring that back to the radio show. So that uh, it's, we, we jokingly call it list season. So you have like <laughs> yeah. your top quarterbacks, like there was the quarterback room conversation from CBS. We kind of carried that over to the show and mm. Jesse Simonton of on three to begin the week. He had his sec coach rankings mm. and Jason Swain and I actually, largely agreed with everything like we might have moved one coach one spot where do you have hypo or back he had josh hypo number nine and okay. uh now a lot of tennessee fans disagreed which we expected mm. mike leach was one spot ahead but the way we looked at it was simply well leach is just so much more accomplished like part of the challenge of those lists is you have some coaches like leach or mark stoops who was number five mm. who have just coached so many more games Right. And Josh Heupel has coached for four seasons as a head coach. And Sam Pittman has been a head coach for two seasons. So, mm-hmm. you know, Lane's tricky because yeah, his resume is not as impressive as maybe he's thought of, but his most recent season was really good at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so a funny thing there is that our opinion was, was about the same and in, in that, well, the list is fair. Mm-hmm. And if Josh Heupel wins more, he's going to move up. And if he doesn't, he'll stay the same. And Billy Napier's number 11, same for him. If he wins, mm-hmm. he'll move up. If not, he'll get fired. So, you know, we, we didn't have probably a great radio take to get people fired up, but we did mm-hmm. share the link on social media. And then people were fired up and said, yeah. no, 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 Hypel's too low and Leach stinks and uh, Mark Stoops is no good. So, you know, mm-hmm. th- we knew that fans would have attention on that. So uh, I've gone a long way in the, the answer to your question, but things like that, like uh, trying to compare coaches or teams or position groups and then if a story pops up and and also trying to have good guests, we had Josiah Jordan James on last week and he was mm. terrific. And uh, Ron Slay is going to come on this week. And Zach Azani, who used to coach Tennessee's wide receivers now with the Broncos, told some good recruiting stories. So trying to have some good uh, big picture conversation as well. There you go. I think the main thing was just making sure that Hypo was above Shane Beamer in that list. Um, One spot ahead. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and we, we made sure to point that out is that, you know, they split the award for which was just the silliest yeah. thing. And I, Swain I told my fiance about yeah, it where I was like in the conversation. Yeah, I was so I, I it was like I, I was there was two moments this uh, for Tennessee football that ended where I'm like, why am I irrationally mad about this? Like, this is the mm-hmm. dumbest thing to be in a bad mood about for the rest of the day. It was right. the Purdue loss at the goal line. Where I'm like, it's a ball game. It doesn't matter. Why do I care? Like, why? Why do I care what happened here? Uh, yeah. Just it, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it does not matter. And then the other one was just sharing the uh, Steve Spurrier war with uh, Shane Beamer, where it's like I was in the building. The game was over in five right. minutes. Like five yeah. minutes, it was over. Like Hypel stepped on their neck immediately, and that game was over. It's like I understand that Beamer finished hot, but like 
ultimately the whole point is like we actually have a head-to-head to point to here we have one. right it's right there right. yeah now and uh i don't disagree with what you said and i know your opinion is shared by so many people and i i really don't like split awards for the most yeah. part i say that having uh just not that long ago said i would have split the mvp in the nfl last year i would have split it between rogers and brady so mm. I, I say i don't like splitting awards and i just recommended the nfl split an award a few months ago but mm-hmm. uh the defense would be uh yes tennessee easily won i mean they crushed south carolina head to head south carolina preseason their win total was like four mm-hmm. so to to go six and six and then win the bowl game and win seven games it, it it wasn't exactly even going into the year mm-hmm. in terms of what the expectations were. And South Carolina's having to take their GA and put him back onto the roster. So th- there were some real challenges that Beamer yeah. um, inherited. All that, that That's the defense of the decision. If they said, hey, Josh, what should we do? I would have said, mm-hmm. give it to Josh Heupel. Yeah. Uh, but that was fun. That was probably my favorite game to be in the building for. I think it... I, yeah, they're just rolling. Having... You know, South Carolina gets, gets on the board when they're already... Yeah. Yeah, down so big and the celebration on the side. Oh my god! That gave Tennessee fans something to mock as well. But we all saw. We were pointing at. We're like, what are they doing? Like that. That's right. the other thing. It's like you miss in the press box where you're like over there and everyone like someone catches it and what's going on. And there was a South Carolina player who was celebrating a sack when you're down 28 and it's like, what are you doing? Like this is going to get progressively worse. But that was that was a fun one. Um, the most memorable though for me, I was still a pit one just because the pit game was absurd and the peep the air being let out of the building for a joe milton overthrow i will mm, tell yeah. you is They're unlike anything worse, else right i've never experienced anything like that where the crowd mm. is all collectively just stands. like it's unbelievable to see his arm from where like if you're up close and you see it and you see him get time and unleash that cannon you're like this guy should be the best quarterback in college football you see it and then it's just 20 yards out of the end zone and people are just like they just, uh, it's just, it's one of the wildest things. So I will never forget that particular game just because the Milton experience was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I joked the other day that Joe Milton's throws, particularly in that game, it's like every mm. throw was for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But there's only one Tyreek Hill and he played at the time for the Kansas <laughs> Chiefs. So it's not going to help Tennessee in that game. Yeah. But uh, also, you know, that game, it it's frustrating. It's frustrating early. Mm-hmm. You feel good in the middle. It's frustrating late because of a, a call on a spot. And at the time, you don't know, but it ends up turning out that, okay, that's the start of what's going to be much better with Hinton Hooker mm-hmm. and quarterback. So now you go into this year, you go to Pitt. I was asking on our show earlier this week, what is the biggest revenge game for Tennessee on the schedule? You don't have that many to choose from, but I, mm-hmm. I asked between Pitt and Florida. And I, I say Pitt because of the way that game went. Florida's mm-hmm. just a big game every year, and it's a really important one for different reasons, but you know, it's a it's a good revenge spot. It's not the same pit team. Kenny Pickett's in the NFL and Jordan Addison left. So that's a game that I think most Tennessee fans could say you you better win that game at Pitt. But if Tennessee wins there, then your you know your next big shot is against Florida at the end of September, and you have a chance to do really good things. So it can kind of be that okay, where were we a year ago? Where are we now? That can be a good game to spot the progress of Josh Eiffel's program. That's my biggest thing too is that I think there, two things can be true. I think Tennessee could be better than they were a year ago as a whole and have a worse record than they did last year. And I don't know if Tennessee fans are going to accept that. I don't know if they'll just look at the record and say, that's not acceptable to go six and six. But like, I think there's a very, very real scenario where six and six is what happens where they take a step like pit on the road. Like we talk about what they lost with Whipple, the OC, but they replaced him with Frank Signetti Jr. Who uh, is from the area. He's had a lot of success. He just coached Phil Dracovic at Boston college. Like he is an NFL guy. He's been all around. 
Keaton Slovis showed a lot at USC first. So it's not like there's not a lot of talent. They recruited well in the portal to replace Addison. They have a lot of talent actually at the wide receiver spot. They have a fantastic defensive line. Like they mm-hmm. are going to have guys that get after these, get after Hooker. Where like I'm, that's not a slam dunk. Like there's an there's a possibility Hypo loses Pitt and Florida. There's a very real scenario because until we beat Florida, until that happens, right. until we can get that off, like I'm penciling in that like you should not expect a loss, but like it's, I'm certainly not penciling that in as a win, even with the da- first year Napier situation. So then you're you need to start winning and then you're just, there's a lot of pressure to finish strong and to get this thing mapped out. But I don't know. I think there's a real possibility that the defense could be a little bit better, that um, the young guys will be playing a lot more that we'll see some stuff like with squirrel white. He might just show out and be a big guy. We might see Justin Williams become a big player in this offense, but I also could see like the schedule being a little bit tougher and Tennessee maybe taking a step back in the wins and year three being huge with Nico coming in and things like that. But I don't know. Are you nervous with year two? Well, what you just laid out is is how it gets really dicey because yeah. if Tennessee does lose to Pitt and Florida, I mean, you know, the Florida game by the end was lopsided. It was closer mm-hmm. there in the middle of the game. If Callaway catches that ball on fourth down, who knows how differently it might have played out. But, you know, no, no matter how it were to play out this year, if Tennessee were to lose those two games to Pitt and Florida, man, those two weeks leading up to LSU become big. <sighs> And yeah, that game is massive. Right uh, now, the result of one game does not tell you what's going to happen with another. But you know, if Tennessee loses to Pitt and Florida, I don't love their chances at LSU. Let, let's say they lose that game because that's probably on your path to six and six. Mm. Well, then trying to to hold that off and get a win against Alabama or Georgia, obviously we're saying good luck there. Well, there's five losses, so that just means you. There's if no room for lose, error, no margin yeah. for error with Kentucky, South Carolina, yeah. and those kind of things. Exactly. Kind of South Carolina's late, and uh, I know what we said just a few minutes ago. South Carolina's mm-hmm. probably a better team this year than it was a year ago, right? And it's there. Mm-hmm. And you know, if the season's not on track the way you hoped at Tennessee, then then you're you're managing uh, how to players stay on board here with what mm-hmm. we're doing. So you know, if it's six and six, they they could be a better team, but uh, it's gonna be tough to sell that because you know part of it is they they probably lost a few games late, and that's one thing they need to be better in certain spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't pull out that pit game, couldn't pull out the old miss game. Did against Kentucky, had to get a big mm-hmm. stop there late and did to their credit. And then Purdue, and I know about the fourth down call, but still lost the game. And right. uh, it, it, you know, it's in that position for a reason. So if they go six and six and they've lost several games close late, then fans are going to start to wonder, well, is there an issue here? Is there a reason we can't pull games out late? And then all of a sudden you're going into next year with a lot of pressure. How's that affect the recruiting? So I don't recommend Josh Heupel go six and six, <laughs> you know, even seven and five. Yeah. My, my guess is that most fans, and this is now mm. fast forward two months, it'll be even higher. I think, I think most fans are going to say, Hey, the, the floor should be eight and four. And that might be a, that might be a big ask, but I think that's what a lot of fans are going to ask for. Well, what we're seeing is like the floor has got to get raised. If you want to really seriously be in on the, just the Carnell Tates of the world where it's like, you've got to give them a reason, reason to pull them from, mm-hmm. Buckeye land like there's a reason Georgia like you look at where Bama and Georgia are getting guys Missouri Florida wherever like if Tennessee wants to win recruiting battles in Chicago in California in Texas wherever like part of that is NFL draft and part of that is getting those guys back in there so hopefully Tillman has a great year and he's a first second round guy maybe Um, you need something like that but it's also I just you have to the wins have to happen like they just haven't been like these kids have not seen Tennessee in an SEC title game ever like that's just never been something they've seen so 
like NIL is cool and this offense is fun, but the the wins have to come and being competitive against Georgia, being competitive, and they were competitive against Georgia and Alabama for three quarters last year. Uh, I mean, they, there's a scenario where they're a touchdown away from beating Alabama, like in the fourth quarter last year. Like they were really mm-hmm. putting Alabama through through the ringer there. Georgia was a little bit different just with the defense and how they adjust in the second quarter, but like Hey, raise the banner. I want to raise the 17 points on Georgia banner. Like I, I would do it. I would, I would hang that somewhere in here. Um, but I just, I think that's part of the deal is like, if you want to play big boy football and you want to really recruit and you want to be in the Nikos of the world every single year and the Francis and the Carnells, we have the money, we have the boosters, we have the offense, but now the hardest part, which is going from a good team, which they were last year to a great team. That is the hardest, hardest part about this whole thing is getting over that, that glass ceiling and just kind of reinstilling that faith um and guys where they're like oh we'll play big time football we have a chance at playing in the playoff we have a chance of playing in the SEC game because right now they haven't seen it yeah uh, i agree with all that and um if you want to get more of those guys because tennessee does have nico caleb mm-hmm. herring is a big time player that can right. go just about anywhere so that is a good start to the class another other really nice prospects in the class mm-hmm. but Carnell Tate is an elite player. Um, mm. Big Francis, elite talent, it looks like. Um, Sean Davian Bradley, I think, is a guy yeah. that Tennessee has a really good chance, and he is a, a big-time talent. But you you need more of those players. Alabama and, and Georgia and Ohio State, uh, mm. with what they've done, and I know they haven't had um, all the success that they want, but there's a reason they are the favorite every year in that conference mm. is because of recruiting. It's because of players. Ryan Day's a good coach. Nick Saban's a terrific coach. Uh, Kirby Smart's probably a better coach than people want to say that he is. But with all those guys, uh, especially Georgia last year, it's players. Mm-hmm. It's about having enough talent. And uh, Josh Heupel, I think, is a good coach, and his offense is going to be really good. But, um, you know, they're a, a 38 to 40 point per game team, which is terrific. That's among mm-hmm. the best. But LSU was close to a 50 point team, and, and right. Alabama, with, with their elite talent, has been able to push toward that number because they had a bunch of first-round picks on right. offense. And that can be the difference. That can be the difference in in Tennessee being an offense that, that gives you a chance in most games to being an offense that keeps most of your opponents from having a chance. And that's what Tennessee wants to get to. And then it, and then the line of scrimmage. You just have to have as many big-time players as possible. And you know, one of the fears this year is, what if Hendon Hooker gets hurt? Or are they yeah. good enough at tackle? You know, that's a reason that people are going to ask that. And on defense, do they have enough big-time talent on defense not yet. So a guy like James Pierce coming in is good. You need three, four, five, six of those Heike guys. Hikey West. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so they're, they're off to a good start. And I thought the way that they closed last year in recruiting was really good. So to come back to what you were talking about, if mm-hmm. Tennessee has better results on the field, like if they get that win against Florida, mm-hmm. recruits are going to hear about it immediately after the game, Sunday morning. I mean, that's all they're going to hear about from Tennessee mm-hmm. is, hey, we told you, we're ahead of Florida, we're coming. So you they – they have good first year results to sell. They were better than expected. And that's why I think mm. more prospects are interested, but being interested and then choosing another school doesn't do Tennessee any good. So they're trying to get more of those guys and better results will help with that. God, I don't want anybody of importance at the Florida game. Just keep them away. <laughs> like just no one there. Don't you're want broken, them in the building. You're broken there right now. I can tell you, you're afraid of this game, which I think a lot of Tennessee fans probably are until they get another win. One win since 2004 will do that to you. I'm terrified. Like, I don't want it at 3.30. I think you got to put it at night. I hope we get the ESPN treatment. It's like a 7 o'clock game. I, for whatever reason, I feel like the odds are better. And maybe it's just the game-winning field goal from, uh, what was that, Will Hoyt years ago. Like, I want it at night. Like, this is one that I think if Tennessee's going to get over the hump, it needs to be a night game. 
Yeah, I don't. After the Ole Miss game last year, I don't know that yeah. anybody sees that as uh, they might. They might see that as a safety concern if they put <laughs> that kind of game. Because if Tennessee beats Pitt, because right now yeah. I like Tennessee's chance against Pitt. If Tennessee does do win too. that game and, and Tennessee's yeah. unbeaten and they're trying to go to four and zero with mm. a win against the Gators, Neyland Stadium is going to be on fire. So but it's also uh, just going to be so tense. Like it's yeah. going to be a tense, tense affair. Like I cannot wait to just feel how tense everybody is. Where I, I mean, what's really going to scare you is that mm. by Thursday, Friday of that week, mm-hmm. not a hundred percent because you won't be, but mm-hmm. most Tennessee fans are going to assume victory, which is always right. scary against Florida. It happened in 2012, and then Will Muschamp's on game day, right, right before the game or a few hours before the game, and says, mm-hmm. "We always play well here, and we will today." It's like, uh oh, and they mm-hmm. took over in the second half and won the game, and then right, yeah, you know, 2000. Uh, I'm starting to get my my years crossed up. But 2014, Trayon mm-hmm. Harris, it's nine nothing Tennessee. Hey, yeah. we got this right. They can't mm-hmm. score, and then Trayon Harris trots out there and manages to put two scores on the board, and you lose ten to nine. So, uh, it's it's happened before when Tennessee should have won. That that you know that's the crazy thing is last four years have been lopsided in the end, mm-hmm. but for most of this, it's not a streak necessarily because Tennessee has the 16. But Tennessee has one win since so since 04. Right. Most of those games have been really close and they could have gone one way or the other. Mm. But for whatever reason, most of the time they've gone Florida's way. And that's what Tennessee's trying to get out of. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, man. I I don't know. Like, it will also learn a lot about Florida really early. Like, their schedule is not fair to start things off for Napier. Like, I'm sure Billy get, Napier's thrilled to have yeah. Utah on the schedule to start <sighs> things out. The, the team that's going to come in playing in SEC toughness style. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham saying, hey, why don't we show the SEC how we do things at Utah? So, yeah, I'm sure Billy Napier is really appreciative. And then Kentucky right after that. that Two physical teams back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that kind of start because, you know, Kentucky's not afraid of Florida anymore and shouldn't be. Yeah, and that's one of those things. I don't know if I would want more of the – this might be a radio topic. It's like, do you want Florida to be like 0-2 coming in and like just real – like just 0-2 in big games and really just not firing on all cylinders whatsoever? Or do you want them undefeated too and like big wins and feeling great with (laughs) AR-15 and like just a little over? You don't want that. No, if if Florida's unbeaten in that spot and Mm -hmm. uh, and Anthony Richardson has figured things out – yeah, steer clear of that. So no, I, I, it's a good question. It's a it's a good question, but I would say no, thank you. If I'm Tennessee, to uh, because I think he's the biggest wild card. Uh, yeah, uh, if you want to use that. Well, he's got the highest ceiling of anyone in this conference. Like he, when he's I, on, I mean, it's yeah. like, what do you do? You know, uh, it's like he's two players. So yeah, if if he if he's unleashed and is the mm-hmm. real deal, like people have said he can be, then that changes the conversation for Florida entirely. Man, I, I'm I'm excited for that one. But you mentioned Hooker playing 12 games. That was something I mentioned to uh, the Go Big Garnt Friday guys with Ryan and Ethan, where it's like, I don't think it's a... Folks who think the Joe Milton experience is over are mistaken, I think. Hooker took some shots last year, and I don't think this offensive line is going to be better than they were a year ago. I have some questions. Like, we'll see who's starting at left tackle. It might be Mincy. It might be... Uh, who is it? Crawford. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Neither are great options. Moving Darnell right back to right tackle, and I don't. We'll see if that sticks. If Hooker's blind spot is a problem uh, early on, but I don't know. Hooker's going to take some shots, and he's not the biggest dude, and he is not afraid to run. It's one of his best skills, and he's super efficient. Like obviously, like I love Hendon Hooker, but like if I had an over under on him starting eleven games or ten and a half games this year, I would probably take the under. I think he's going to take a beating. Like he's playing a lot of physical teams this year, and 
I, I we'll have to see if he can make it through. It's it has to be number one on the what are you afraid of list. Yeah. Is Hinden Hooker taking a shot that takes him out? And that's why Joe Milton is so important because I mm-hmm. right now I don't expect that Taven Jackson is ready to be right. the next option. So Joe Milton, who's much more experienced and still has a ton of talent, and this mm-hmm. time a year ago was on his way to being the starter for Tennessee, he'd be the guy. So um yeah, I wonder do they call everything the same way? I I think they they're still gonna say, Hey, let's mm-hmm. take our shots and and play to his strengths, but uh, that's gonna that's gonna scare Tennessee fans, and if it's in a big spot, man, it's really gonna scare Tennessee fans. So protecting Hendon Hooker, and I'm sure that he wants to show his passing ability. So mm. d- does he run the same way? I don't know. If you're you're in the game and you need to make a play, he's gonna try to make a play. I'm sure that's the case. But protecting Hendon Hooker has to be the biggest priority because his uh, his presence on the field, at least at this point, unless something changes uh, with Joe Milton out there, and fans don't want to find out. But uh, unless something changes there, your hope is on Hinden staying healthy and, and being the guy there at that position. So uh, that other tackle spot opposite Darnell Wright is one of the biggest questions for this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see multiple guys. And that's before you you have to at some point deal with injuries because you're right. not going to have all five guys stay healthy. So somebody goes down, you might be moving players around. If you lose one of those tackles, if you lose Darnell Wright, it's a problem yeah i mean it's a a terrifying spot so Mm -hmm. that's something that that's why i come back to the recruiting side you need you need more really good players at that tackle position if you're going to become what you hope to long term in the sec but right now you have who you have tennessee went after some other tackles in Mm. the uh, transfer portal steen's one of the guys that they went after and he ended up at alabama so now you have to face him but they they hope to get him to sure up that second tackle position and it didn't work out so yeah, right now, Mincy or, or Crawford. Crawford is a, a former Juco guy. was in Tennessee mm-hmm. last year, and then Mincy a transfer from Florida. We'll see. Um, true or false, Brew McCoy is a star by the end of next season in Tennessee. Uh, I don't think star, but I, I do think he's a really good talent, and I think he can he can move around a little bit on the field. Mm-hmm. He can run uh, and, and make plays at different levels and will be a good complement to Cedric Tillman. So, yeah, he just hasn't done much in college for different mm-hmm. reasons, but I do think his ability is there. And if you watch some of what he did at USC, you can see that talent. Is he a, a top 10 player like he was as a recruit? I don't know that, but uh, I do think he's a really talented guy. I think if not for some off-field questions, there would have been a you know a lot more attention on him as a transfer prospect. But you also have to hope that he's hungry, that, hey, my college career has not worked out how I hoped, but mm-hmm. here's my chance in this offense where they're going to throw the ball a lot and I have a, a good quarterback who's going to get me the ball and, and now maybe the opposing defenses are more worried about Cedric Tillman, so that opens up some opportunities for Brew McCoy. So I do like him. Is he a star? Potentially. That mm. that potential and that changes is there. a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like we're talking about serious injuries that have kept mm-hmm. him from playing football. So physically, uh, I do think he can be a really good player. I just – I haven't seen enough. And and there is still the question, what if something else happens and he, and he can't play? So um, I, I just have that in the back of my mind. But uh, a player worth pursuing to come in and, and start? Absolutely. Tennessee's best freshman will be who? So I think it's Justin Williams Thomas at running back. Hmm. Uh, I like him. If the answer is James Pierce, you should love that because yeah, yeah he has a lot of potential. But is he going to be ready to help you as a pass rusher in a big way right away? That's a question. Mm-hmm. I like him and Joshua Joseph. You mentioned West on the defensive line, mm-hmm. having a number of players on campus this past spring. But I think Justin Williams Thomas uh, has a chance to be really good. One of those receivers could be an option too. Caleb Webb is a guy that I like. Squirrel White, somebody that you know, maybe statistically he, he's not going to 
be way up in the box score, but he might make a few plays within the mm. season. What, what if he makes a, a game-breaking play against Florida? Well, that's yeah, that's worth it for year one. So right. it's kind of a tricky way to to answer the question. Um, but you know, if you can get a if you get some help immediately on defense, you'll take it. But uh, I come back to Justin Williams Thomas because he's already been here. He's a mature guy. I like him. He's a talented player, and they still have some some need there. It's also a position another one where you just plan for injury. They did last year. Ty and Evans missed a ton of time. Jabari Small got injured early. Had to kind of play through it during the year. So I'm pretty confident that Justin Williams Thomas will be needed this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Like if you have a Stallings Thomas backfield over the next couple of years i think that makes a lot of sense and that's something you would feel good about because the teon stuff was brutal where i was all in all in uh fiance's favorite player was teon and just uh thought he was going to be the next kamara for a little bit and you thought he was going to be around and then just gone might be for louisville but well no uh, they just brought in the number one running back in the country they just they signed did. yeah so who they, knows? they did but um yeah so it's a it's a it that's been a funny position at yeah. tennessee uh for sure but uh, I I do think they have a good group. I think Jabari Small is a solid yeah. player. He just can't. Plays he's not going to be a lead back. He can't. He can't yeah. take that many hits. Uh, Jalen Wright's intriguing to me. Yeah, he's mm. a good athlete. Uh, I think he had to figure out how to play as a freshman last year. Uh, we saw him early. Kind of went away. Came back later in the season. So um, I don't know that they have one elite player, but mm. I think they have a a good group of running backs. And you know, let's see in this class. I think they'd like to add another guy. But man, Stallings looks like he's an SEC running back right now in terms of his size. He is. He's a stout fella, so he'll, he'll come in. He'll be a tough runner for, for Tennessee coming from a really big program, Bishop Gorman, where Cedric, mm. Cedric Tillman played. Yeah, C.J. Watson too, right? Uh, I, maybe that's the case. I don't even – he was from Vegas. I don't recall yeah. if it was Bishop Gorman, but uh, from okay. Vegas for sure. There you go. Uh, we'll end on this. Well, actually, the other thing too is like C.J. – or not C.J., uh, Squirrel. Do you think he already has an NIL deal with the Squirrel guy, uh, the Squirrel Oak Ridge guy? Like uh, we got to get something involved with the two of them if they're not already connected. I don't. I don't know about his uh, deals. Uh, you know what I'm know talking Justin, about? Uh, I don't. No. The squirrel guy who's always around campus. He has like a squirrel that he dresses up in Tennessee stuff. He's an Oak Ridge squirrel guy. He has like a huge Instagram following. But any Tennessee oh, tailgate. So yeah. So I've seen this, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever figured out what's going on there. Yeah. Okay. So see, I, we I've see what you're talking about, and I just yeah. uh, I'm clueless. Yeah. He's been on my shoulder. He's been on my fiance's shoulder. Okay. Like he's he's yeah. a, he's a big hit. But yeah. No, it, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's been brown squirrel in Knoxville too. I don't know if yes. they have an interest, but uh, used to advertise with the radio for uh, years ago for a while. Yeah, but, right uh, off the highway. Yeah. So uh, no, but that yeah, that's a perfect fit. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've learned something. I've I've seen pictures and I kind of just kept it moving, didn't know what was going <laughs> on, and <laughs> didn't. I don't know if I knew who to ask. I should ask Wayne. He probably knows. But yeah, you got to get uh, back yeah, out so, there, yeah, man, they, among the people. Yeah, get a get a some kind of photo deal there or something. I, that's what I was thinking. You know, um, like Instagram, you can you can do the joint posts yes. right now. So yeah, that it's it's much easier to to push it out there. Squirrel, uh, make it happen. Like let's just do that. It's an easy one. You can put it on the video board. Like have the squirrel run out with squirrel white. Like that's all you got to do. Um, Josh, what uh, we'll end on this. What do you think? What does your gut tell you? How many wins do you think they actually have this fall? Right now, I'm at eight and four for Tennessee, okay. which um, I, let's see if I stay there because that feels like what most people are going to say. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I do think by the time we get to late July, August, this is how it goes with most fans. We'll hear a lot of nine and three, ten and two yeah. is pushing it this year <laughs> for Tennessee. But well, ten and two means you're probably beating one of Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, maybe because something mm-hmm. has to give somewhere else. Yes. I'm, I'm a big believer things even out, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably how it goes this year. But you know, I, th- I think Tennessee has a really good chance to be 4-0, beat Pitt, beat Florida, and you're in that kind of position to where 
you know, maybe you can pull out a nine and three if you win more of those close games. Uh, now you, you beat Florida. There's going to be a whole lot of, Hey, we're going to Baton Rouge and we're winning. And that's still not going to be easy. If LSU were coming to Knoxville, I could get on board more with that, but go, going to Baton Rouge, they still have talent. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to be easy, but two weeks to get ready for that game. So uh, there there's there several of these games. You could say, Hey, I really like Tennessee's chances here mm-hmm. because, and then several, you could say, yeah, this could still be difficult because we did that with Florida with Anthony Richardson. We can do that with LSU for obvious reasons. Kentucky, I don't think will be easy. South Carolina late, I don't think will be easy either. We talked about them. So uh, that's why I just say in the end, I, I think some things go your way. Some things don't. You got to keep Hendon Hooker healthy. Healthy's, uh, healthy quarterback is a big part of this conversation. Assuming that right now here in late June, I think eight and four for Tennessee. What's nice is I think the schedule ends in a way where Hypel will have a lot of momentum where like there's a scenario where they win five of six down the stretch and that's huge like people for like it doesn't matter what you did in the beginning people won't remember it doesn't like the joe milton experience early on like there's no recollection of that for most fans where it's like the hendon hooker show everything mm-hmm. right, right. that was our season is when hendon hooker took over in the south carolina game and that all that that's what yeah we you were talking about harrison bailey i feel like yes that, that was three or four years ago it was last year this time a year ago yeah, there was a large percentage of the Tennessee fan base that thought he should be the starter and that he was the quarterback of the future. That was last year, and it feels like it was 2015. I mean, after Bama, you get UT Martin, Kentucky at home, George on the road, Mizzou at home, at South Carolina, at Vanderbilt. Like, I, there's a real scenario where they run the gauntlet. And I mean, I think they'll play Georgia better than most people think. And um, I think Georgia will be a little bit down this year. And I, I'm not saying they'll beat Georgia, but if I had to pick between the two, who's more likely to for Tennessee to be in a dogfight? I think Alabama's going to be a lot better this year, and I don't think with their edge guys that Tennessee, like, <laughs> I don't think uh, the offensive tackles are going to give Hendon or Joe, whoever's under center the time to uh, to get. Yeah, down my to opinion them. is that Will Anderson should have to do a one Mississippi count. You know, like yes. if you're playing backyard football and you have to count before you can rush. Yeah, I think I think Will Anderson should be required to do a one Mississippi before he's allowed to take off. There you go. I think one of two things. And one so, to, not even a competition thing. That's a safety issue. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think one of two things. People, like the eight and four seems unlikely. I think either they break through and they're nine and three, ten and two, where it's like, oh God, they they're here and they broke through and everything's clicking, or mm-hmm. it's a step back where it's like a six and six, maybe a seven and five. Um, but I, I don't think it's the middle ground. I think the middle yeah, ground your is like more fun. Your your view is better for me for the radio. Uh, because you know eight and four somewhere in the middle it's like okay it's pretty good or yeah. you know so yeah i don't uh, see it yeah it, having a big boom or a, yeah. a let down yeah that, that's yeah, that's a lot more interesting so uh well just I, hit yeah, me up I, you, yeah. you got my cell all the if you need me to come in with the takes on tennessee yeah. radio and i won the animal i got you yeah we're, hey it, it, it's take season this is yeah. the time you get them out and then you uh you have the old takes exposed coming up in four there or five months so um it, that could be the case like it, it, okay, so which one do I think is more likely? Yeah, like six and six. I think you have an injury to Hendon Hooker hmm. if if that's why you go six and six. Uh, well, I think if it's six and six, re- I don't think Tim Banks is a defensive coordinator in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty three. Excuse me. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, I think that. Yeah, I mean that, that would be part of it too. That, back. Yeah, that every team has figured out. Okay, this is just how we attack Tennessee's defense, and they're not going to be mm-hmm. able to do anything about it. Uh, so yeah, you're probably right to think that. Uh, but which is more likely nine and three, seven and five. I, I do probably right now lean seven and five just because I, I still have a ton of questions from you know, really kind of every level on on mm. defense. They have some players like de- you know, depth is not the issue as much as talent with the depth. So you have to expect some injuries are going to occur. Mm. But uh, do they have enough elite talent up front on defense? I, I need to see that James Pierce or 
uh, Joshua Josephs can help. I need to see that Tyler Barron is going to be a more consistent player. And then uh, you're having to replace two guys that got drafted in the mm-hmm. secondary. So Trayvon Flowers is a guy that people think can be a lot better this year. If that's the case, that helps. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have Wesley Walker coming in, Turrentine. I, I don't know if he can really help you yet in the secondary. He's just a second-year player. So yeah, um, there's just I have so many questions. So I would I would say if you said okay, eight and four is a cop out answer, Josh. Choose one, seven or five, seven and five or nine and three. I'd say seven and five right now with the no. Let's right do this: six and mind. six or ten and two. Uh, six and six. Yeah, okay. I just it's it's easier for me to see those questions not getting answered and mm-hmm. six and six being the result versus that's a lot of questions to answer to get to ten and two. So yeah, I'd, uh, I'd go six and six before ten and two. Is sports horse more fun when Tennessee's good at football or worse? Like, do you prefer going into that uh, meeting and everything else in the show after a loss or uh, when things are going well? Well, uh, yeah, I'm fine either way, but you know, we have VFLs on the show, yeah. which is, that's another fun part of it. Like we were talking about yeah. the sports source football season is a lot of fun because it's a mix of, of media guys and, mm-hmm. and fans and guys who played at Tennessee, you know, Will mm-hmm. Overstreet and Sterling Hinton and Daniel Hood, who I've been able to do uh, radio with and Marlon Walls joined. And, uh, it, that's, that's a lot of fun. So, uh, it's, it's more, it's more fun when Tennessee's doing really well hmm. because, you know, they're into it and, uh, you know, what y- y- We've done so many. Well, here it goes again for Tennessee. You know, you almost you almost feel bad. The viewership's yeah. there, so don't get me wrong there. But yeah. you know, I just start to feel bad for people. You right. know, so that that's the conversation. So uh, I do think you know a lot of people for some reason have the opinion that the media is either you know out to get Tennessee and you know maybe there's a person that is or something. But like in general, that the media hopes the team loses. That's insanity. Because well, hold on, uh, I'm not yeah. for that with football or basketball, but baseball. There was absolutely a lot of folks who were spitting on the graves dancing no, no, on the t- graves yeah I, i'm talking i'm talking locally just yeah. local media so so outside knoxville but like yeah uh you know i don't know was there anybody locally in the media that was that was happy that tennessee baseball lost but no. i mean again maybe maybe like a person but like in general it just doesn't make any no sense. no one welcome because, on this program or on yeah. josh and swain i'll tell you that what's that now no one welcome on our programs okay um uh, but it's just like so yeah the media it uh it relies on advertising right right Do you think advertisers spend more money or less if the team stinks it's not more yeah. you know so uh if the team's winning then people want to be a part of it mm-hmm. and uh so remember that and then yeah, i don't want our listeners to be in terrible moods i don't want people yeah. to be unhappy the, knoxville's my town so you know i don't want business owners business owners are negatively affected if tennessee football is no good so yeah th- there are many more reasons to say hey tennessee football go be big time and have a ton of success versus hey go five and seven and fire the coach again but also settle down a little bit because we're now getting so good that ticket prices are going to be crazy this fall. Well, uh, that, yeah, that's the one thing. I, I've heard that. It's like, man, did the baseball team have to be this good during the regular season? Yeah. I can't get into the you – know, you, you could have won five less <laughs> games. You don't have to be the best team of all time. Yeah, where it's standing room only against yeah, Georgia. I'd like to be right. at the regional this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough ticket. But uh, God, I'm going to miss that. It, when it, I'm... it was fun. It was, it was a terrific run. That was – that, that was a lot of fun to talk about of how how much people wanted to be there or be a part of it. I mean, that was my favorite run of any like I, I was there. I was there for a lot. And you know, it's crazy too. I think I was there for every loss, which was just wild where I every home loss with what are the odds the yeah. with how many losses they actually ended up having where I like I need to stop going because this is uh this is not great. So we've kind of figured out what the problem was. So Okay, Josh. Were, were you were, were, were now were you at the season ending loss? Uh no. I was okay, not well, then it's, loss. then it's yeah. not all on you. 
No, I was not there for that. Partially, of course, but not all. Partially. I just yeah. wanted to see it. Like that was at that point where I'm like, I don't think because as someone who was there for the standing room for uh, the week prior and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you, there's just so many people that, that were standing in front of the line of sight that you're like, I can't see what I'm, I need to see anymore. So I'm, I'm just not going to partake, but I miss it, man. Like that was Tennessee baseball, Merck killing it. And when uh, it, it's fun, man, Tennessee baseball folks uh, for our local locks, Knox billions who still haven't partaken in the Tony Patel experience. It's just an absolute delight. And I'm going to miss Gilbert and Beck and all those guys a lot. Cause there was a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just for last year, being in there for the walk-off Grand Slam. And everything. Like the last two years, Tennessee baseball is some of the most fun I've had uh, for any sport of my life, for sure. Speaking of yeah. like, for some crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, it, re- it was really fun. I you, Now you have to replace those guys, and um, mm-hmm. that's difficult to do from a personality standpoint. They're still going to have a ton of talent. As I do believe, mm-hmm. as long as Tony Vitello is the head coach of Tennessee, and I, and I think he wants to be the head coach at Tennessee for a long time, mm-hmm. Tennessee's going to be in the mix. I don't think it's going right. to be a, well, maybe four years from now, we'll have a chance to be back at the World Series. I think they're going to be a contender most years. You're not going to get there every year. This year proved that. But I think as long as Tony Vitello's the the coach at Tennessee, Tennessee baseball will be interesting. Tennessee will be good, and they'll have a fun product for fans, which is great to see. That's what you want. You just want to be in the mix. We just saw that this year. And like Ole Miss, who was number one at one point, and they fell mm-hmm. off, and we swept Ole Miss and Jackson and or in oxford and like that was just like and you just want to be in the mix like the whole thing if is you're, like if you're, if you're mix, a good yeah. team in the mm-hmm. sec then you're just automatically in the mix because right. the conference is so strong then you're positioned to have a chance at least in the NCAA tournament to mm-hmm. go on a run so nothing's guaranteed even if you're at home but more times than not tennessee's probably gonna have a favorable setup tennessee will have a good chance to host mm-hmm. and that gives you a better chance better odds to get to omaha so I think Tennessee baseball is here to stay. And as mm-hmm. long as they're in the mix on a regular basis, at some point, play the odds. You have a good chance to break through and win it all. This year is a reminder of how hard it is. You can be that mm-hmm. good and not even make it to the final eight. But you, I mean, the you last just three wanna... uh, number one of all seeds didn't make it to the to the final eight. Yeah, 99. That, that's crazy. It's a yeah. crazy stat, but it's also a reality. So um, there's also there's a, a crazy number of teams that have been number one and then obviously fell short, mm-hmm. but then won it the next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arkansas is trying to do that now. So uh, Oregon State in 17 maybe was like 56 and six, mm-hmm. all-time great team. And it fell short. Right. Won the title the next year. So, so what Josh maybe, is saying. Maybe is get Tennessee a ticket on Tennessee in 2023 to win it all. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I mean, this is just a great time. Like I, we joke about the everything school and that's like one of my bits here on this podcast, but Tennessee is, I mean, it being in the mix for every sport is just fun, especially when you're local and you can go to all these games and it's like, man, having a stable, fun football, baseball, basketball program is a really good place to be. Cause that, that fills up a lot of your calendar and it's always something to do and watch. And you just, you can enjoy all of it. Like you don't have to be so hung up on football. Like I can't imagine being a Georgia fan knowing that uh, three fourths of your calendar just don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we do this uh, big promotion giveaway on mm-hmm. the sports animal during the summer. We've done it since maybe 2009 called yeah. the big ticket. And it's mm-hmm. a, a chance to win season tickets with Tennessee football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball. The ice bears are part of it this year, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But this is the best that promotion has ever been. And right. it, it's split up. So you have a chance to win one of those. So like football or basketball or baseball. But what do I have to do uh, to just get one of them? And you rig it for me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm always willing to take bribes. I can't promise that that'll have any effect on your chance to win, but I'm, you know, 
I've, like I've said for a long time, I'm not a college athlete. doesn't matter now because they have NIL, but you can pay me anytime you want to. There you but go. Uh, yeah, you, you stop by, sign up. But this is the most exciting it's ever been because mm-hmm. all of those sports are attractive. It's not like, mm-hmm. well, I like football this year or uh, this year I, I want basketball. It's like you, you get any of those tickets. It's a big ticket to have. Right. So uh, that that's a statement toward what's going on, going on at UT. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, how do the good folks keep up with what you got going on with the radio show, Sports Source, and everything else this week? Yeah, thanks. Uh, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3, Jason Swain and I have our radio show on 99.1 The Sports Animal, and you can podcast that, as I mentioned earlier. And Sundays, yeah, most Sundays I'm on The Sports Source. That's at 11 a.m. on WATE, and he posts that afterward at sportsource.tv. So live or on demand, you can uh, listen or watch. There you go. Josh Ward, thank you so much for making the time. I greatly appreciate it, and we'll have to check back in again soon. Yeah, would love to. All right, y'all, that'll do it for part one here on the Tuesday, June 21st, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you again to Josh for coming on today's program. And if you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Josh, make sure that uh, if you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, you hit that pause button before you leave this program and you leave this show a five-star rating and a review. Uh, It helps other people find the show, and it helps this very show continue to grow so please do that and uh part two and part three coming up in just one second part two with uh some west for scythe football yeah coming up here in just one second and then uh we close with fancraft john taylor talk all things major league baseball so jam-packed uh tuesday june 21st show here on the blue wire pod network with the chase Thomas podcast so thank you as always guys uh for making the chase Thomas podcast part of your daily listen uh at whatever time that may be all kinds of great sports content all across the spectrum always here on the chase Thomas podcast so greatly appreciate it uh for you guys making the time and uh more content on the way uncle derek how'd i do Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.